Welcome to Leading Behind the Scene. I'm your host, Gwendolyn Young, the go-to business and operations consultant for six-figure CEOs who are ready to greet their next level of growth. And I'm ready to share tools, strategies, and tips to help you excel in your business and your life. If you're a service-based entrepreneur, be sure to join me each Thursday. Find me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And don't forget to follow the show on your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode. And if you love the content, leave me a rate and review. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey, beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of Leading Behind the Scene. This week, we are continuing the conversation on client onboarding. Last week, we talked very briefly about what client onboarding is and why it's important. This episode, we're going to dig into a couple of key steps that are important to the very first part of the process. Just as businesses evolve and adapt, so too must their client onboarding strategies. Taking stock of your onboarding process involves reflecting on what's been working, identifying areas for improvement, and implementing necessary changes to ensure a seamless and exceptional client experience. And so this is why the first step of the process is to actually take stock. Think about how do you currently welcome a new client and get them set up in your business? Do you just take their name and number and play phone tag to set up a convenient time to chat? Or do you have an onboarding process that answers all of their questions up front and ends with a solid, mutually beneficial first kickoff on the schedule? Every process improvement begins with a good heart look at what you currently have. From client agreements to membership sites to programs, you need to know exactly how your systems work today, how your clients move through the process, and if there's any room for improvement or automation. Before you start turning things upside down and making changes to everything that you're doing, look at each process first or recruit a trusted biz bestie to go through the process for you and take notes of how your current systems are working and what can be improved. An objective analysis is the only clear way you can work toward full automation in your client onboarding process. For example, at the most basic level, are you making your clients jump through hoops to sign the contract or pay the invoice? Do they have anxiety because your system doesn't send you timely notifications when they have completed a part of the process? And so that makes you slow in responding. And then they start to think, did you go MIA? Do they have a headache because they can't figure out how to give you access so you can get started? Or because they can't figure out how to log into your system to upload documents? Are you asking enough questions up front to have a full understanding of what their priorities are and what the first thing is you should tackle? Do you have all of your clients' contact information and the best way to reach them and the best time to call? Does your contract have an undisclosure piece in it, billing details, length of the engagement term, specifics of what the client wants to accomplish in an easy system that you can reference quickly if needed? I know I'm asking a lot of questions, but I really want you to think about it. By asking these questions and taking stock of your client onboarding process, 
It enables you to address any bottlenecks, pain points, or missed opportunities that may be hindering your efforts. It allows you to streamline your operations, optimize your resources, and ultimately deliver an even more remarkable client experience. Remember, customer success is about more than delivering service or support. Your goal with any onboarding process is to keep it simple yet thorough. Make it easy. You don't want to overwhelm your client or yourself with too much paperwork, but you also don't want to start the engagement unprepared and disorganized. And so your goal in this step is to do four key things. Number one, remove the obstacles. Eliminate anything that stands in the way of them getting started and understanding how to use your service, especially if you are an online-only business. Listen. Take notes about anything the client mentions about the process. You might need that data later. Follow through. Get to work. Don't let too much time pass between when the client signs all of the paperwork and pays you to when you actually start working. And then cultivate the relationship. Ask for feedback at key points in the client's journey throughout this process. Remember, the seeds of churn are planted early. So your onboarding process is one of your most critical processes that you'll create in your business, which leads us to step two, find the holes. If your business is like most businesses, there are trouble spots in your current systems. And if you don't have one, that's a hole. (laughs) And if you think you don't have a process, you do. You just haven't sat down to really think about it. And there's no shame in that unless you pretend that it doesn't exist. And let's face it, who has a perfect system without flaws? Who isn't always finding ways to tweak what works to make it better? Unlike the old adage, don't fix what ain't broke, you'll find there's always a way to improve or automate your current onboarding system. And so we previously talked about taking stock of your current systems in step one, right? And to test them and see how easily they work. What did your testing say about your current systems? Now we're finding the holes and working to fix them so your onboarding process is smooth. A smooth process makes for happier clients. And so this is a step where we should be asking questions like, do my clients complain about any of my onboarding processes? Are my emails easy to read? And do they include the relevant information my clients need? Who's going to answer my client questions if they respond to these emails, right? Do I have a solid process or do I need a customer service rep or a help desk or an operations person that champions this process? Do my clients always receive a personal answer to their questions? Do they feel that I am approachable or it's too difficult to reach me? Has anything in particular fallen through the cracks in this onboarding phase? And if so, how did I resolve the issue? These are the types of questions that help you plug the holes and fix the issues quicker, faster, easier. Now let's examine some of the common onboarding problems and how they can easily be fixed in this process. Number one, communication. Do you send a personalized welcome email or is it a generic template? Do you limit your clients to the ways they can communicate with you or are you getting texts, DMs, social media posts, chats, all the things? 
Do you send emails that lack personalized subject lines? Your clients do not want to feel like a number. They want to feel as though you really care about them and want to know them better. Personalizing a welcome email or subject line is one of the easiest ways to portray your interest in them. Even if you're not a great writer, certainly you can craft a couple of short paragraphs from the heart to serve as an introduction before digging into the nitty gritty business part of the letter. So for example, in our welcome letter that we send clients, the very first thing that we do is tell them how excited we are about getting started and moving forward. And then we thank them for taking care of the paperwork so promptly. And then we let them know that in order for us to get started as quickly and efficiently as possible, here's a link to book their initial kickoff call because we don't want this onboarding process to only be an exchange of emails. We want it to be a personalized process. And so we give them the link to book their call. And then we continue in this letter to share really important information about our work together. And so we tell them how happy we are that they chose us to work with. We let them know how much we value our client relationships. We talk about our communication expectations and how we handle that so that they're aware. We talk about the relationship dynamics and how we're equals and things like that. We talk about integrity because it's super important to everything that we do in the relationship. And then we share some of the logistics. When are we online? What are our office hours? How do we handle holidays and vacations? Our response times, how we manage documents, right? All of this is in that initial welcome letter for them. So we're kicking off the communication early, which leads me to number two of some of the most common problems, unrealistic expectations. A lack of communication or not asking the right questions can lead you and your client to expecting different things from the relationship. Nobody wants that. This is where you may not fully understand their ultimate goal or in an effort to win their business, you might overpromise what you can't actually deliver, thus leading to a disappointed client who feels ripped off. Nobody got time for that. So as part of the initial onboarding process, send them a questionnaire and include questions about what they need help with and what they ultimately expect as a result of working with you. If you can realistically deliver all of that, then move forward. If not, then be honest and have a conversation and be upfront with them about your limitations. Your honesty and integrity will speak volumes as opposed to the bad reputation you might get if you pretend that you can actually help them when you really can't. And so having this questionnaire as part of your onboarding process is super, super key. And so we make sure to add this in our process, right? We're asking things like, how do you want to be addressed? Some people want to be called by their full name. Some people first name is perfectly okay, But we're asking that question because we want to set the tone for the relationship. We're asking them, what is your company name? How do you want us to say that when we're interacting with your clients, right? We're asking them for things like, what's the most important thing we should know right now? 
What's the most important thing you need in your support team? What are your 90 day goals? We're asking this in the questionnaire because all of this is going to help us craft the agenda and the kickoff when we get into that personal call with them. It's going to be super, super easy. And we're making sure that we understand their expectations in terms of why they hired us. And this is also our opportunity to share our expectations, right? Because if we go back to step one, we communicate it in that welcome letter when we're available, when we're not, all of these things. And so our clients are not upset. If you try to reach us on a weekend, you already know. Your girl ain't working. She probably somewhere playing with her grandson. The team ain't working. They're probably somewhere with their family. Now, in case of emergencies, there is a way for clients to reach us. So it's setting these expectations up front so that we're always on the same page. So think about what is it that you need to know about your clients and what is it that they need to know up front so that you guys are always on the same page. And then the third thing that is a common problem in the onboarding process is customer abandonment. In an effort to win new customers, sometimes there is what I call the wooing phase. This is where you are solely focused on this client. You might drop everything to care for their needs, but then once they sign the contract, that special care disappears. It may have even happened to you before. It has happened to me. And let me tell you, it's not nice. (laughs) Or there might be this honeymoon phase early on where you are like literally on top of things, but then things start to fall through the cracks or maybe their calls aren't getting answered as quickly as possible. Or maybe you started out working at times and days when you don't typically do. And now that they're a client and you're like, oh, we don't do that. Yeah, that ain't right. Nobody likes that. So one recommendation is to schedule follow-up calls with your clients at regular intervals so no one feels lost or forgotten. In addition to that being a nice gesture, these calls help keep you top of mind for them. And so when you have something else that you want to sell or something else that you want to offer to them, that's going to be a benefit to them, then it's a no-brainer for them to actually listen and hear you out super important, taking care of your clients. All of these challenges, miscommunications, unrealistic expectations, and customer abandonment all lead to frustration, strained relationships, and lost opportunities. And we haven't even started the work yet. So a huge part of this process is making sure they feel welcome, heard, valued, and have a clear understanding of the path forward. Next week, we'll talk a little bit about systems and processes to help in the client onboarding process. Until then, remember, one of the biggest barriers to customer success is CEOs not making it an important part of the culture. I'll see you next week on Leading Behind the Scene. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Leading Behind the Scene. I hope you found some encouragement or helpful information today to help move your business and or your life forward. If you have a specific topic you'd like me to talk about or guests you'd like me to have on the show, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. I love connecting with my listeners. Also, be sure to follow the podcast so you never miss an episode and leave me a rating review. I'll see you next week.